Christianity isn't something that you are forced into. It's not something you are born into. It's not something you culturally have. It is a choice to walk in the Spirit. And as you make that choice, the fruit of faithfulness is available to you by the power of His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I read on Friday night a testimony of a lady um, who was healed in, uh, in the Philippines. What, listening to Daniel's testimony of how the Lord healed his um, ruptured disc, she was healed as well uh, in her body just listening online. She took it and went, thank you, God, I'm going to have that. And she got healed. Praise the Lord. Uh, so it is just, we're just so celebrating the moving of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. It's just precious and beautiful. Well, praise God. We've been looking uh, at the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Hooray. And you and I are called to be people who walk by faith, to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, that in Him we live and move and have our being. Hallelujah. That is, we're not called to do anything in our own strength or in our own will, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, leaning back into Him, remembering, oh, thank God, it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. Thank you, Lord. I remind myself today, I lean into you. I wrap myself around in your presence. You are wrapping yourself around me and I'm tucking myself into you. Father, for you are my strength. You are in me and I am in you. And together we are one and we can walk in the spirit. And it's only walking in the spirit that we can actually manifest the fruits of the spirit. We don't have the fruits of the Spirit because we are positionally aligned with God. We have the power to walk in the Spirit because of what Jesus has done. But then we have the responsibility to lay hold of that power and use it. Praise God. Just like Elisha when he received the double portion mantle from Elijah. The mantle fell down as Elijah was taken up in the chariot. Elisha had asked for a double portion and he picked up the mantle but he didn't just put it in his backpack and go, right, I've got it. I've got it all. He picked it up and then he did something with it. He used it. He struck the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And as a result of starting that way and continuing to move and use the power that he had received, he did twice as many documented miracles as Elijah. You and I have received the mantle of Jesus Christ, who said, as he is, so are you in this world, that greater works than these shall they do, because he goes to the Father. That's actually significantly more exciting than you are recognizing. But that invitation is not an inevitability. It is an invitation waiting for you to pick it up and use it to do something with it. Hallelujah. So the fruits of the Spirit are not just things that pop out randomly. They are things that we have power to walk in if we make a decision, a deliberate decision to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit and lay hold of the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to particularly look today at the fruit of faithfulness. Faithfulness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. 
you might think, well, you know, what's that all about? We have the faithfulness of the Spirit of Jesus Christ available for us to walk in. Jesus' life was so full of faithfulness. He in the garden, when he's, he's faced with having to go to the cross and bear the sin of the whole world, the next day, his, his words were, if this cup can be taken from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And faithfulness saw him through, right through to the cross, to take on the sin of the whole world, to death, burial, and resurrection. And that same anointing for faithfulness is upon you and I. It's not something that's a matter of willpower. It's a supernatural gift from God, a fruit of the Spirit that's available as we intentionally lean into it to manifest it. Hallelujah. And I'm just thinking about some of these people that manifested faithfulness so, so powerfully. Um, in Daniel 6, we read about Daniel um, in the lion's den. And Daniel had been set up by people that hated him. And they thought the only way we're going to be able to catch him out is if we can get the king to sign a decree to say, uh, to outlaw his faithfulness. Because Daniel had a habit that every day, every single day, he would kneel down, pray to his God three times a day. And so they crafted this law that for 30 days, nobody's allowed to pray to anybody but the, the God of the Babylonians. And so the, the decree was signed. And sure enough, Daniel still, every day, constantly, faithfully knelt down to pray to his God. And as a result, he was arrested. Verse 16, um, we'll pick it up where Daniel's been arrested. The king didn't want this to happen because Daniel's one of his absolute favorite best guys. And he realizes he's been caught out by these guys, but he can't do anything about it because it's been signed into law. And so He's, he's upset. The king gave orders, verse 16, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, your God whom you constantly serve will himself deliver you. Say constantly. Your God whom you constantly serve. Your God who you faithfully serve. That same God will be faithful to you. Hallelujah. And we know this story. Praise the Lord. All night long, Daniel's in the lion's den and God shuts the lion's mouths. Hallelujah. In the morning when the king comes, having not slept at all, he's like, Daniel, did your God save you? And Daniel say, yeah, hey, king, no worries. And, and the, the guys that had tried to set him up were then brought and thrown into the lion's den. And before they even hit the bottom, the lions had attacked them and devoured them. God is able to save. And I want to encourage you that there is an anointing that God is, has released for us for faithfulness. Faithfulness intimidates the enemy. Faithfulness isn't just a nice thing. Oh, well, we'll, we'll try and uh, that's one of those things Christians should do. I should be faithful. No, as you read Galatians 5, it's, it's pretty serious. Let's have a little look here. I'm going to read from um, verse 16. 
But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, even if they have made a declaration with their mouth. I believe that the Lord is asking us not just to be hearers of the word, but doers. Hallelujah. That salvation is not just about saying something. Like we read that parable in Matthew 21 the other day about a father that came and spoke to his son and said, will you go into the vineyard? And the son said, nah. But then afterward, he was convicted and he went out into the vineyard and he did the work. And then he went to his other son and said, son, will you go into the vineyard? And his son said, sure, dad, no worries, sir. And then he didn't do it. Which one did the will of God? Jesus gave this as a parable. And he said, well, of course, it was the, the son who did what his father asked him to do, not the one who just said that he would do it. In the same way, you and I are called to follow Christ, to follow him, to walk in the spirit, to every day put on the attributes of Christ, put on the virtues of God, to intentionally, deliberately humble ourselves and submit to the leading of his Holy Spirit so that in him, I live and move and have my being. And in him, I'm going to walk in the virtues of Christ, the nature of Christ, the attributes of Christ. I am righteous, praise the Lord, by the grace of God. Through faith in him, I have been made clean. Hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, I will walk in the spirit. Therefore, I will manifest the fruits of righteousness in my life. Hallelujah. Without the therefore, we simply are deceiving ourselves with words only. God's looking for us to be doers. Amen. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That's how every day. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. These fruits of the Spirit are something that we are invited to manifest every day in our lives by the power of His Holy Spirit. And as we look at the fruit of faithfulness, I believe it's this constant everyday fruit manifesting in our lives that actually causes us to develop the strength and the, the, the release of the glory of God in our lives. For the heart of God is that we would glorify Him in the earth, that the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And that happens through those who have developed consistent faithful lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can turn with me uh, to uh, Daniel back here in um, Daniel chapter 3. 
And there's another picture here of what faithfulness looks like. It's Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as we look at these guys, they were faithful to the Lord. They had, they had the, the fruit of faithfulness manifesting in their lives, and they also were challenged. And they were told, you have to bow down to this idol. Everybody has to bow down to this idol. But their response was, here in verse 16, um, as they were challenged and said, hey, you guys, you got one more chance. When you hear the music play, you bow down. Because if you don't, you're going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. And this was the ultimatum that they were given. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. That looks like faithfulness. Tom and I have just done a, a DNA, ancestry DNA thing, and uh, Tom's results came in today. Well, came in last night. And he is 99% Finnish, and 1% possibly Estonian, maybe Finnish. <laughs> James likes to say Tom's more Finnish than Finland, and actually now the results prove it. He is, he is so Finnish. But one of the national traits of Finnish people um, has a word that does, there is no word for it in English. They call it sisul, S-I-S-U, sisul. And sisul is like this virtuous form of stubborn. <laughs> in fact, I'm doing Duolingo at the moment, trying to practice my Finnish a bit more and doing a bit of Portuguese too in there, hallelujah. But when you do Duolingo for Finnish, one of the early things they teach you is how to say, this man has sisul. Like, han han on sisulkas mies, he is a man with sisul. Or han on sisulkas nine, and she is a woman with sisul. It's like, because it's a national pride thing, I have sisul. Sisul is something that they, um, was sort of shown clearly in, in the Winter War when the Finns went to war with the Russians in the 30s. And they were so determined that the Russians were not going to come in that some of the soldiers had the guns freezing in their hands, but they're like, they will not pass. And they didn't. They won the winter war against the huge Russian army. The Finns were like, doesn't matter, I don't care if I freeze, they're not coming. Sissel, it's like, I'm not moving. Someone once said to me when we first got married, uh, a lady came, one of my leaders, she's like, you know, Tom doesn't say very much, and he's, he's very nice. You've got to make sure that you don't push him around or, or boss him around. And I, I just about laughed in her face. I went, my best nagging and my most, you know, serious attempts at manipulation couldn't move him if I tried. Like, you obviously don't know him. Because a fin with sisal, you cannot make them do anything they don't want to do. It's like, mm, stubborn. And they might not say anything, but 
they'll just show you by the fact that they won't move. I believe in the kingdom that God is looking for us to have the Christian version of Sissel, where it's like, mm, this is what it looks like. I'm so thankful for it because when we got married, Tom had a few really clear boundaries that this is what we do as a family. We go to church, we tithe, we don't lie. We, you know, there's just basic, we don't get drunk. This is just what it looks like. This is, this is the boundaries and that's it. And I'm so grateful for that. But God puts in us the power, the same faithfulness that was in Christ to stand our ground like that. I think of people like um, uh, Martin Luther brought up before the Diet of Worms when um, he was being told, if you don't recant this whole justification by faith stuff, if you don't recant, then you are gonna be facing being burned at the stake. For the sake of your own life, recant. And he makes this declaration. He says, unless I'm convinced by the testimony of the scriptures and by clear reason, I am bound by the scriptures I've quoted. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything. For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I can do no other. Sissel. He's not a fin, but I tell you. There is a faithfulness that God puts on the inside of us that says, if I perish, I perish. This is where I stand. I can do no other. That sort of faithfulness is not just about the big things, the big heroics. That sort of faithfulness is developed like Daniel in the three times a day, in the consistency. Your God whom you constantly serve. God wants you to be known by the God that you constantly serve. He wants people to know you by your consistency, by your faithfulness. Hallelujah. As we look at this, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to help us recognize that every time we make that deliberate, intentional, I'm leaning into the, into the Lord today, I'm not moved by how I feel, but I'm embracing the spirit of faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness, therefore, I'm going to open up my Bible today, even if I don't feel like it. Therefore, I'm going to read constantly, every day, this is something in my in my constant daily habit because I am a believer, because Christ has given me his nature, because I have the, the fruit of Christ's faithfulness in me. Therefore, I will every day read his word. Therefore, I will every day make time to pray. It's not about willpower. It's about making a decision that today, because my life has been bought with a price, today I walk in the spirit. I'm reminding myself that I'm not the son that says one thing and then forgets to do it, but I am that one that tucks myself into him and says, thank you, Lord, because of your power today, I'm going to walk in the fruit of faithfulness. I'm going to open up this word and you're going to speak to me. And Father, I thank you that you have for me something to comfort me, to encourage me, something to lead me, to light my path today. Hallelujah. And it's in the everyday, not in the one day I'm feeling like a superhero, therefore I'm going to be faithful, but in the days when I'm tired and I don't feel like it. In those those days when you're going to bed late and you don't feel like opening up the book. Developing consistency and faithfulness is what will see you through. 
You see, when you, when you, when you adopt a, a haphazard approach to it, then when it comes, like he says here, um, for, the, for these guys, for 30 days, you're not to worship anyone other than, you know, this God or this idol. They're not going to say, well, I can put it on hold. I can put faithfulness on hold for 30 days. No, they're like, no, that's just not who we are. That is not what we're called to do. They have the, the power to stand by what they believe because of the fruit of faithfulness. Hallelujah. I was at um, Victory Church this morning and I mentioned the manly seven that made a stand recently, uh, Islander boys, mostly I think one of them was um, Nigerian indigenous descent, and th but they just made a stand, no, this is what, we, this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't matter whether we get fired or what happens, this is where we stand, we can do no other. And I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us as believers to recognize that we have an invitation to take a stand, to say, I'm not going to be haphazard with, with what I am choosing to institute in my life, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful with my God. I'm going to be faithful with my family. I'm going to be faithful with my church. I'm going to be faithful with my habits. I'm going to be faithful because that's who I choose to be. That's the path I've chosen to follow. Christianity isn't something that you are forced into. It's not something you are born into. It's not something you culturally have. It is a choice to walk in the Spirit. And as you make that choice, the fruit of faithfulness is available to you by the power of His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So these guys were making their stand even if he doesn't let it be known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath and his facial expression was altered towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and in, in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and all their other clothes and were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire slew those men who carried them in. So the ones that were throwing them into the fire were burnt up. But these three men fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He said to his high officials, Was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. So they came out in the midst of the fire, out of the midst of the fire, 
The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men's men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. They didn't even smell like smoke. I tell you, God is so pleased with your constancy, with your faithfulness, with your decision. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, fight. In your quiet determination, this is where I stand. I can do no other. This is what I choose to do. This is what my life looks like. As we choose to lay hold of the fruits of the Spirit, it's not just going to be a, a case of people say, oh, that's a nice person with a good character. Your faithfulness challenges the kingdom of darkness. Your faithfulness impacts the world around you. Your faithfulness is noted and seen even when you think nobody sees me in the morning opening up my Bible. But because you are constant and faithful in it, out of your mouth will flow the rivers of life. Out of your belly will flow what you are putting in. Hallelujah. What you are feeding on is what will come out of your mouth. What you are drinking on, the river that you drink from is what will flow out of you. Hallelujah. And God is looking for his people to be faithful. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. All these beautiful fruits, sometimes we can look at it and think, oh, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to manifest the fruits. And, and you can look at it and, and weigh yourself and think, oh, measure yourself and think, oh, I'm not doing well enough. But that's not the heart of this passage. This passage is an invitation for you to lean back into and recognize, I have superpowers I can put on. I, have a, I can step in by the power of the Holy Spirit into the superpower of peace, into the superpower of joy, into the superpower of faithfulness, into the superpower of self-control that doesn't make sense that isn't dependent on how I feel, that isn't dependent on the situation or the circumstances around me. I can put this on, I'm gonna clothe myself with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. I'm gonna step into the virtues of God by faith today and you can manifest it and enjoy what it feels like to walk in the very nature of Christ. I wanna to finish today's program by telling you this powerful testimony. A little girl was shaken as a baby and as a result had lost her sight and had no control over her eyes. One would go this way, one would go that way and they'd roll around in her head. She came to a meeting in Statesboro, Georgia that I did and the people brought her for prayer. Everyone gathered around to watch and see what God would do. I felt just to command her eyes to come straight and in the name of Jesus, boom, they did. Well, I mean, people gave their hearts to Jesus on the spot when they saw this miracle. I rang her pastor uh, the following day and said, how's she doing? And Tony Thompson told me, she is not only got her sight restored and her eyes completely normal, she started walking. At 18 months, because she had no balance, no sense of balance, no ability to see, she had never walked yet she'd started even taking her first steps. 
God did a miracle in Cadence's life, and He can do a miracle in your life too. I love connecting with our monthly partners through our monthly mentoring Zooms. It's so beautiful to be able to pray together and have question and answer time. And we so value our monthly partners. We have different sessions for people in different time zones around the world. And it is so beautiful to connect with those who are partnering with us to take this message to the world. If you'd like to join us as one of our monthly partners, you can do that through the website. I'd love to be able to connect with you on one of our monthly Zooms.